0: hello today we are here with another one of my favorite people because she was one of my clients this is estelle who did my group Program back in January when it was still a twelve-week program. Hello, Estelle. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much, and it's it's a real privilege, and I I actually feel very honored. So thank you for having me on your course.
0: Thank you, Estelle. Where where are you from? Tell us a little bit about. Just introduce yourself a little bit. Who are you, and where are you?
1: Okay. Uh, First of all, I'm from South Africa. I live in the United Kingdom. I'm going to be 56 next month, and um, I'm a mom of three kids. I'm married, um, and um, I play a lot of bridge. And um, I've got two schnauzers. And uh, I've spent my whole life, I think, since I was about 14, on a road of a personal development, you could say, or a journey. And um, should I speak a little bit about how I met you or how- we Yeah, got so great question. Well, or- yeah,
0: <laughs> so-, okay.
1: so- So my history very simply has always been just, uh, I found food when I was 11 or 12 and I discovered- That's what I'm that- curious about. If we just pause there for a second. Yeah. Because I think as
0: we are telling these stories, everyone at this point, right? You're a grown adult, but your relationship with food started before you even were born, right? So what I'm curious about just as we're collecting all these stories and sharing these stories is when did this really first start for you? Even before maybe you knew it or before you even remembered it. But if you think back to zero to five, zero to 10, zero to 15, what was your relationship with food, eating, your yeah. weight, your body, like even it's, just, yeah. Back yeah.
1: Then? I mean, it's funny that you say your relationship with food starts before you were born, because I was told when I was born, I would not eat. So I had some kind of issue because uh, I, cou- I wouldn't even take a bottle. So there was something about food and my connection to my mom that obviously there was something going on, but I was a very healthy, happy little toddler. And then I think as I got older, uh, I grew up in a family, very old fashioned where whatever was put in front of you, you had to eat. And you were a good girl if you ate all the food and you were a naughty girl who was almost punished if you didn't finish your food because you had to think of all the starving children in India. So my childhood, the stress around mealtimes was enormous because I would be left at the table and I would learn to feed the food to the dog or hide it. And I felt like there were, I was a bad person. There was something wrong with me, but my mother was just doing the best she could, you know. Um, and the, the nice food, the chocolates were locked away in a cupboard. And they were only for special occasions or, and I learned very quickly where the key was and, and, and I learned what was what was dangerous, what was like not forbidden food and allowed food. And it was also a time where you had to ask permission to eat what was in the kitchen or the fridge or whatever. So eating, we were brought up very differently today, you know, and it wasn't abusive in any way. But um, I started seeing food as comfort. Um, sweets chocolates probably from the age of nine or ten and and food kind of became this something other than than food where um, and then my whole teenage life was this binging dieting starving cycle you know and unfortunately I grew up with a group of girls that were very competitive in terms of being pretty, popular, getting the boys. And and I had very pretty friends. And I learned very quickly that to be loved and be popular, you had to be thin and pretty. So I was fairly pretty, but I could control the thin part. So I quickly learned how to. we were all vomiting, sticking our finger down our throats at the age of about 11. We were taking um, slimming pills. We were on all the diets. We were taking laxatives. And that's how, that's how life happened. And it just happened. And um, I learned to totally disassociate with my body. I hated who I was. I didn't want to be Estelle w- Wingreen was my maiden name ever. I wanted to be my best friend who was the most popular girl at school. And that's who I wanted to be. And I gave up on Estelle because all that mattered to me was to be loved and popular and thin. I didn't care academics. Um, my parents obviously had to love me fat, fat or thin, because it was unconditional. But I learned very quickly that this was something I could control. Mm-hmm. And whether I was hungry or not was irrelevant. Um, I just developed this. Well, it came from my desire to be loved. You know, it had nothing to do with control. Actually, it was a survival. No one loved me for who I was. Don't be silly. They loved you for being like my best friend and she was a good dancer. And it was everything external mm-hmm. is what made one happy. Right. Everything. And then I learned, well, if we can control that, we can be happy. So the diets started and I just got thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. And the piece of the puzzle was, but I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? It never made sense. And so with I'm gonna- I just want to pause you
0: right there because you're saying so many incredible things that are really important. First, I really just thank you for sharing this because it's your story and it's it's so powerful. (laughs) And one thing that you're pointing out that I just want to make a note of is when we first start talking and you first go to your teenage years. Yeah. And then when it's like, well, if we just go the few years before that, right? What happened before that? And then you have this whole story about what food became, the relationship with it, it's comfort, it's safety, it's love, it's this, it's that. And these were not your teenage years. This was learning that you did not consciously, but from zero to five and zero to 10. And now you're talking about taking laxatives and sticking your finger down your throat when you're 11 years old, which is even before you reach your teenage years. And that's the thing that I just wanna make a note of because A, I hear and see this happen all the time. When yeah. I say, "Where did your relationship with food begin?" and yeah. someone's like, "Oh, when I was like twenty something, and I graduated college, oh, and blah, uh, blah, right?" and 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 the truth is, there's so much that goes on, whether we know it or not, consciously or not, from oh, those yeah. really formative zero to okay. ten years. And yeah. so, if you're, if someone if any of you are listening to this, it's just a note here that I want to say: take a take a moment just to think. Not about even when did you have a weight issue or when did you start trying to lose weight? But again, the question is, as you've heard me say before, it's not what's wrong with you. It's what happened to you. So instead of falling for the story that we tell ourselves, that is, it started later in life. It didn't start for any of us later in life. We've been eating food since the day we got here. We've been digesting food since before we got here. So just- just again kind of shining that light on that and I think
1: yeah I I can say something on that actually because I'm not a big person in believing and I'll get to that when we talk about where you came into the picture and and the success and and where I've come from and and how I got there but uh, because I'm not a big believer in going into your past and feeling all the pain and suffering to feel better I, I don't ever really believe that you know I think when you're feeling in a good space that's when you start behaving in positive ways but I think for me, home, uh, and now I'm not talking metaphor home as in myself, I'm talking my physical home. I grew up uh, the youngest of two older kids, there were three of us. And my sister, for whatever reason, she just was threatened by me from the day I was born. She didn't want me, she didn't like me, and she never spoke to me. She never said one word to me. I was like, she was six years older than me. So you can imagine the impact of living with someone who doesn't actually like you. And my mother and father were amazing. I was loved, I was nurtured, everything, everything. You know, you talk about big T, little T. But I can tell you now that my sister never spoke to me, greeted me, asked how I were, and she didn't care. And my brother um, was busy out playing sport and he was a boy. So home for me was not... I wanted to live in someone else's home. I wanted to live in a perfect home where everybody loved everybody and they were rich. I had a thing about if you were rich and pretty, you had a good home. And I internalized it all as there must be something wrong with me. And food came along and chocolates came along and chocolates gave me that five minutes, ten minutes of absolute comfort and that's as simple as it was and then it got into something way way deeper by 11 12 that was my drug and i i I honestly believe we can take anorexia bulimia obesity drugs drinking shopping sex gambling it's all the same yeah all the same yeah they to me you know they say yes but the body you can be addicted to a substance I gave up smoking in 24 hours, and I never had one craving. You know, um, it's all for the same thing. It's yeah. it's the pain. It, it's it's we we can't. You know, it's how we get away from the pain. And as you always talk about, you know, how we've taught ourselves to survive. It's survival. Right. What, what did you use to survive? And we didn't have tools, and and um, and that's what happened. And and ultimately, I did land up in hospital when I was. After I graduated, I was 22, I weighed 31 kilos. I mean, I can understand it, you know. I'm never putting a bandage on, what do you say, on a bruise, you know. i never, I was just dealing with the food and and the dieting and the gymming and the whatever. And and if I put on weight, I was fine. But if I weighed 30 kilos, I wasn't fine, but it was all the same. Mm -hmm. And I came out of hospital after six months and I put on 40 kilos because nothing had changed and I spent many years in therapy and therapy was what did you eat what didn't you eat what are you feeling what aren't you feeling but it was never about and this is where I get to with you what drew me to you in the big wide world of Instagram was something resonated and I'd done a course prior which changed my whole life it saved my life and it changed my life and I never went on medication. I never went to a psychotherapist and I never went into hours and hours of therapy. But I went into a personal development course and what did I learn? I learned that it's just a miss. I was in a misunderstanding of the human experience. And when I really learned about where feelings come from and that feelings come from your thinking, About the outside world, and that there's nothing outside that has to change for you to be okay. You don't have to weigh 50 kilos. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to be pretty. You don't even have to be clever. You are born, and you know, I always say, I wish we taught this in school that you are, every person is born with everything you need. You are perfect as you are. And it sounds so corny, but actually look at how our bodies work from a medical condition. We don't learn how to use our eyes. We don't learn how to get our blood flowing. And to think we can control something as, what's the word, as intricate and unbelievable and incredible as that is to say to someone, can't you change your thinking? can't you just stop thinking about it or change your thinking you can never change your thinking but what you can change is your understanding of the human experience and to say that thinking good thoughts bad thoughts scary thoughts um, disappointment is actually the same as experiencing happy thoughts good thoughts positive thoughts But we're so conditioned that when we think we have a problem, or something is painful that we have to solve it. We've got to, we've got to get rid of the feeling, the feeling, the bad feeling has to go away. And we've got to do everything in our power to get rid of something that is so innate. And that's so scary, because I can't control anything outside of me. So if that isn't perfect, how am I ever going to be happy? You know, but people say, oh, but if you get cancer or God forbid someone in your family gets cancer, how are you going to be happy? Well, I'm not going to be happy, but I know that I'm going to be fine. I'm not going to die and I'm going to be okay. And, and the, the the thoughts or, or feelings or the thought, I should say, will come in. And if you know that it's part of life and, and part of the human experience, Well, I don't have to give too much attention to it. Mm -hmm. I don't have to say to myself, oh my God, Estelle, there's something wrong with you. You are always feeling low. What's the matter with you now? Why are you feeling anxious? Why are you feeling stressed? What's the matter with you? You're such a failure. Why can't you be positive in the moment? And I promise you, subconsciously, that does come into my head. What's the matter with me? Why have I woken up tired? Why have I woken up... I don't want to go to gym. I don't want to be positive. I don't want to see anyone. But if I don't give it that much value and attention, you know, an amazing thing happens. The thought goes and the feeling goes. And the next thing I'm in a positive frame, but nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. I haven't had to use food to feel better. I haven't had to numb that horrible feeling because I've given it permission, I've given Estelle permission to feel the whole spectrum and to, to know that there is resilience in me, I was born with resilience, I I can deal with, I can deal with so much more than I think that I ever believed in my life, that I could be okay. And, you know, my mom, I, I always say this, and it's easier said than done that when I was struggling, You know, all I needed for someone to say to me was, "You're okay. Mm -hmm. You're okay. Mm -hmm. I know you're very thin, and and no, I don't want you to die, but you are going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And those bad feelings and that loneliness and that feeling is will pass. But you are okay. And I think we're so busy trying. We're so busy trying to solve everybody's problems with solutions. And I think what I loved about you is, you didn't go to the physical. It's not about the food. We don't need a dietitian. I think every intelligent person that that comes in your way knows what is good for them. They know innately what is good, bad. The exercise. We know we should walk every day. We don't have to go to a high tech gym, to be active. You know. And I think what, I think what people don't know, is that they give too much power to out there mm-hmm. and not enough to themselves. And I think what I loved, what your message for me, what came across is that we have to change. I've lost my train of thought now, but I think what what you have to fundamentally change is that the misunderstanding yeah. of what we think is important to make us okay.
0: Yeah. I hear you so much. And again, I think everything you're saying is so valuable. There's so much coming out of you that is, yeah. that is yeah. so abundantly true. And one thing that is a theme of what I'm hearing, especially when you were talking about what came earlier in your life it, and kind of the way it. that we got to the relationship that you're in, in later in life is what I think is important to talk about for a second, the relationship between control and safety. And we were talking about just around being younger around this stuff, because again, once you, like you just said, once you know the human experience is a certain way and that your mind body system operates a certain way, it's a lot easier to heal. It's a lot easier to come back inside when you have an idea of what's going on and and that it's very
1: appropriate and valid. And and it's very calming to know right. Right. you don't have to physically actually do anything. You don't even have to lose one kilo right. to actually feel okay. Right. You know, so, and, and I think what 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 I like about you is you take the message from outside to inside. Yeah. So the more you disconnect, yeah. which yeah. is the way what do you call it, diet culture, right? You're disconnecting the whole time. You're not reconnecting. You're not correct. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Mind, body, soul. And that's the hard part, the the hardest, hardest thing to do is to sit in your body. Yes. And, and the other, just the other day, I just picked up on something you said is that you said something to the effect of, in a nicer way, but you said you can kind of fool your friends and everybody out there, but you can't fool yourself. You can never lie to yourself. And the only way to come home and really feel At home, within yourself, and fulfilled, and loved, and warm, and connected to people, is to be live your truth. Yeah, live your truth. That it's you know, it's almost like I don't have to. I have to feel that I. I have to first love myself, and I don't mean that flippantly. I have to sit with myself. Yeah, quietly with everything the good the bad the messy the ugly and then be a real true human being
0: yeah you know yeah it's so important because another thing that you're talking about without saying these words is what you have practiced this whole year really since our yeah. group especially is sitting and being present inside. So not just feeling your body, but feeling the physical sensations and the emotions that are coming up in real time. And to me, what you're mastering is really the line between what is uncomfortable and what is unsafe. And that's what you were just talking about too. That is you get to a point where it feels so scary. It feels so hard. It feels all of those things that as a kid, we would use food to cope with, but now, What you're saying is you've gotten to a point where you can really identify that line that is, this is uncomfortable, but I'm not unsafe. This feeling makes me feel uncomfortable, but I know with my human thinking brain mind that I am not unsafe. And that is what allows me to sit in presence sometimes that is not because it's comfortable, not because it's all Zen and chill and I'm meditating and it feels so good, but yeah. but because I know that no matter how uncomfortable that feeling might be, it's not unsafe. Right. And that I think is the, the real nugget that people are looking for because when I very often I'm having this conversation and the follow-up question be, just becomes, but how do I do it? How do I sit in presence? How do I stay in my body? How do I actually do it? Because we're so conditioned, frankly, to dissociate, to either right. be using food yeah. or social media yeah. or any of those other things. But yeah. so I'm curious if you could just speak a little bit to how it has worked for you to, to really master that. Because that's what it sounds like, is that you're being able to just hold space for all the emotions. And I think,
1: yeah. Yeah. So let me just go back because that was so interesting because, and I said this to you on the course, um, you know, when you say sit with a bad feeling, it doesn't sound so scary. You know, like why would you shoot heroin as opposed to sitting with a bad feeling? Right. Well, for me, on a very subconscious level, I felt like I could die.
0: Yeah.
1: I felt like, you know, you always say, what do you say? Pick your, choose your hard choose your struggle choose your your struggle but to to punish yourself and do so much harm to yourself can you imagine the level of fear that that one feels to want to kill yourself literally kill yourself to take 48 laxatives you know or to take sleeping pills or to you 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 know it's not about wanting to kill yourself It's not about that at all. It's not about wanting to put on 40 kilos or weigh 25 kilos. It's it's a way of saying, I feel like I am actually going to die. I feel so terrible. And I don't have any tools. I don't know what to do. And that is the level of panic and pain and that people, I shouldn't say people, I can only talk for myself, that when I'm in that situation, I generally feel like, i'm gonna die and if i don't binge or if i don't get control of that feeling and get rid of it i am going to die and until i really and truly learned the how the human experience works because i got it so freaking wrong and i can't swear it was one lisa it was one thought you know, they say you're only one thought away from well mental wellness. Yeah. And for me, it truly was that, I, that it was my understanding that nothing out there has to change for me to be okay. Yes. So then how do I, when, then I had to learn, well, where are my feelings coming from? And, and it was the thinking about the bad feelings that was more the problem. That's than true. the bad feeling. Yes. And what happened was, you know, it's like practicing. Every That's... day I kind of looked at myself and said, oh, I didn't feel nice. I didn't feel nice in the morning. But, you know, I can't even remember why I wasn't feeling nice. I can't remember what the thought was, but I remember the feeling wasn't a good feeling. But I didn't do anything about it. I just left it. I didn't give the feeling so much power that I needed to deal with this terrible feeling or to judge myself badly about the feeling. So I almost had to learn to do bad feelings better. Sit with bad feelings in a better way. And I'm not a master at it. I haven't mastered it because I think we always get stuck There are always things we find hard, you know, but it's the more you get yourself out of yourself and can look in and look at your body or look at yourself and see what's going on from an outside perspective and say, why do we give so much value to a bad feeling and feel that a bad feeling is something we have to resolve as opposed to a happy feeling, which we don't have to do anything with. And I think it's this constant reprogramming that I, and I do it all the time. I mean, it just it amazes me when I listen to and watch myself in my thoughts, mm-hmm. that how many thoughts come into our head on a daily basis? Thousands and thousands of thoughts that we really have no control over. We don't, right. you know? And it, it just, it, it, i become curious I become curious about mind consciousness thought and that I just got it so wrong. And it was just, it was so life-saving. And then I found your course and it just spoke to me in what I believed was truth. Yeah. You know, that um, diet culture is just so dangerous Mm -hmm. on so many levels, Mm -hmm. you know, because the message is in a funny way is that, you have to change something about who you fundamentally are to be okay. And yet we're looking in all the wrong places for the answers and we're never going to find them. And everybody else on Instagram or wherever is sending the wrong message. And I I shudder to think of these young girls, you know, who don't have that understanding of, of the human experience and where our the brain, our brain, mind, we all linked, everything's linked, you can't dissociate, you know, you've got to take your body with you, yes, and you know, step one is to just, is to know that what you have is absolutely perfect, you are born perfect, yeah, and that's such a, you know, that's such a powerful message, that those thoughts that we feel, we can't do anything about them. we cannot. It's like me saying, well, I'm going to breathe slower today. I'm going to change. I don't believe that maybe people will. I've never been able to stop a thought coming into my head. And if you said to me, don't think about Neville, I'm going to think about Neville. You know what I mean? Like, how can you do that? But it's, it's the value we give to those negative thoughts that we can do something about and all we can do is sit with it. We don't have to do anything. We just have to allow it yeah. and give yourself permission to be everything. We can't be perfect. We have to give up perfection because it's so freaking overrated. You know, and actually to be a more real person, I think people connect with you. Yeah. And when you find connection with people, you know, you talk about coming home and feeling full and not wanting to eat food, connection to yourself, and then connecting to someone, even a friend or somebody you meet as a stranger. I feel so full of love and connection and perfection that I don't need to eat because I'm just one. I'm the same as everybody else. And it's just my ego. I just get caught up in my ego every now and then that I think – I want to be popular, I want to look nice, I want to be pretty, because they're going to be loved and popular, but that's not true, the connection is here, yep. and when people see you in an honest way, and a real way, it's a connection, and then you know you're not alone, and that alone feeling that I grew up with is what I talk about, And and I always used to talk about being homesick, and funny enough, whenever I was homesick, I could never eat. I couldn't eat. And it's that coming home. And when you come home, it's that connection you feel with nature. Yeah. That We're all the same. Everybody's the same, you know. We all have a different human experience, but we all want love. We all want to be connected. I, I will argue with anybody. We can't live alone. And, and that connection is so perfect. And it's not based on what your financial... Setting is what your academic setting is, you know, it's people, and I see it with people. I've seen it myself because when I did this other course, you know, and I I just stood up and told my story, and then people would come to me and say, Oh, you know, that resonated so beautifully with me. This was a stranger. Yeah. And yet we're the same, we're just the same.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. So you're saying so so many things, so many, so many incredibly powerful, powerful and important things. And one is, first of all, Neville, You, you gave a shout out to Neville, who is my cat, by the way, for all of you, who is now, since he heard the calling sitting on my lap. So there's that update. No, but the other, the important things you're saying, one is, this is why for me, understanding the brain science is so important. Because while you're speaking, what I keep remembering is we had a call in our group, and I will never forget this. You were like one of the bottom little Zoom boxes for me. I remember this so well. And your question was around exactly what you're saying now, around why is it that this experience is happening and I feel like I'm going to literally die Like, how could it possibly be that I'm just feeling this emotion, I'm having this thought, but my experience is that I'm close to death, like I'm going to die. And I remember explaining to you that that is your brain that is trying to protect you. That's very normal. That's very human. It's very appropriate that especially like we just said before, when you were zero to five, zero to 10, your brain made a connection between safety and controlling how other people see you. Safety and controlling what your body looked like, and all of those things. So that when you grow up as an adult later in life and you start to realize that you actually don't have the control that you thought that you had, and you don't have the control that you actually want to have, perhaps that can bring up some real anxiety. That can bring up some real withdrawal and some real loss, which is why, even whether it's that loss and withdrawal or it's other feelings coming up along the way, what yeah. you, the reason that you, have come so far and experienced so much growth and healing since that program is because that's the way that you were showing up to it. You were showing up to it saying, I'm here to learn. I want, you know, I want to integrate all of this, but that missing piece of why does it feel so intense? Why is this happening? How do I deal with it? Really had to be resolved like in your brain before it was like, oh, okay, this is normal. This is okay. I'm going to survive this. And that to me is so important because the same was true for me that it was almost this, like the the gates were open and it was like emotions though uncomfortable are not unsafe. And when you can get past that kind of hurdle of just being able to sit in it, Now you're talking, you know, and that's why I say you've mastered it because you, you just get it. You just know, you just know that you're going to survive the feelings that are coming up. And I think that's the biggest message for, for both of us is that you have everything you need. You are going to survive. Your feelings aren't going to kill you. You're much stronger than they are. You just need that moment where you're not relying on food and eating to yeah. realize how much power you have, to realize how much strength you have and yeah. to realize how much freedom and peace you can ultimately experience yeah. from getting yourself through it. You know,
1: I love the, the one section of your course where you do, is it the inner child? And, mm-hmm. you know, we like talking to the child. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that, that it's almost as if you've got to, when you're feeling that fear, you've got to almost look at the inner child in you. Yes. And so now how would you, yes. as the mother of that yes. inner child who thinks she's going to die, she can't verbalize it, she's three, she's four, okay, five, what are you going to say to her? Yes. Now you're not going to say to her, go on, diet. You're not going to say to her, man up, you know, what's your problem? You've got everything you need in life. Put a smile on your face, you know. Yep. You know, what yeah. are you going to say? You know, you're going to say, you're okay. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. And, and you're just going to sit with her. You're just going to sit with her. And that's the point. She's not looking for advice. She's She just needs to be heard. And there's something so powerful in the art of listening. People yes. don't listen, but people need to be heard. And I learned this amazing as a mother. When my children were struggling, I thought they were going to die right? I had to fix the problem. I had to fix their world. I had to have a play date for them every single day. Otherwise they were going to die and I was going to die. But then when I changed my understanding and my daughter was having issues at school and I went in and I was so calm. First of all, I didn't get this absolute panic like, oh my God, she's most unpopular child. She's being bullied. And I just sat with her and I just listened. I never said one word. And I just held her hand and I said, That's okay. I never gave advice. I never spoke. And you know, she came out of her room about 15 minutes after and I couldn't believe it. Do you know she was okay? I did nothing. And isn't that the same with the inner child? Yes. Like, yes, Yes. you're going to die, but that's okay. And it's the message that we don't give ourselves as adults. We would rather go and shoot heroin than feel like we are going to die because no one ever just listened and gave us the time and said, you're okay. You know, we don't want to hear, oh, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. We're not looking for advice. No one is ever looking for advice, actually. And that's why I think this therapy... You know, I always say you, you can sit in psychiatry for years and years and never feel better. Well, something's not working, something yeah. isn't working. So if that's not working, where do we go to change behavior? And you've got to feel right in here. Because if you don't yeah. get this right, the eating will never it, it won't. It because the brain is surviving. The brain is brain. looking, is <laughs> gonna tell you, and as I said to you. Maybe our ego will tell us we can control it. But we just, we, we are powerless. Yeah. All we can right. do is just be humble. Be humble for the bad and know that the bad makes the good feel even better. And and sit in, in what's the word? In, in just being grateful. In grateful yeah. that um, it's all coming our way. And we aren't going to die because we have everything in us to heal ourselves, and it's it's the same as when you cut yourself you don't need stitches you just put a plaster on and after five days the bruise goes or the wound heals what if no one's given you advice you don't need advice it just heals on its own and if if we are just told that that's all we don't need to be told how to lose weight we need to be told how to be okay with what's coming our way in life and You know, people say, oh, I've been so stressed, I've been eating. Well, you're going to have stress your whole, every day. I don't know. I always say, where where did I learn that life wasn't going to be hard? Like, who told me that? (laughs) Where did that lie come from? And everybody else's life was better than mine. You know, is that marketing? Is that, you know, diet culture came along and Jane Fodd, oh, my God, look how happy those them people were. That is the answer. Yes. That is the answer, right? right. <laughs> you know, and, and the more discipline you have, the better you yep. will be, the more successful you will be. You know, well, I took discipline to the extreme. I just stopped eating. Right.
0: Right. Make me happy. Well, Estelle, the, the really powerful thing to me that you're saying is you, the quote that you just said that is you are going to die, but you're going to be okay. Yeah. And that is so everything yeah. you've heard me share some stories. This podcast will hear me share some stories, but the, the experience of getting yourself to a place where the emotion is so powerful and strong and intense that it literally feels like it's going to take you over. Yeah. It's not about, and this is so important to me. It's not about having that conversation from inner parent to inner child. That is, cause this is where most people go wrong with this is, oh, you're not going to die we're gonna survive, we're gonna be okay, let's just get through it. All of that kind of cheerleader talk. Your inner child doesn't want that either. No. The only thing that needs to happen in that moment is when your inner child is saying, but we're gonna die here. Yeah. The response that it needs from the parent is, I hear you Yeah. and it's okay,
1: Yeah,
0: I'm with yeah. you. So let's die here, let's die here. And it sounds crazy, right? Because we are human beings wired for survival. And it's like, how are you going to let yourself die? Ah, oh, that's so scary. But in that moment, in that exact moment, when the inner child is saying, but yeah. seriously, if I feel this feeling, I'm going to literally die. It's yeah. kind of like you say, okay, prove it, prove it. Like, let's, let's try it. Let's see if this feeling really does kill us. Yeah. And then it doesn't yeah. because it's a feeling. And yeah. when you move through that, you get to open your eyes on the other side and say, oh my God, I just survived what I was certain would end my life. Yeah. And there is no power or freedom or peace <laughs> or high yeah. that I know like that one.
1: I know. And you know what's interesting is when I look at conventional therapy, yeah. you know, it's almost like I know it's not their job, but like you say you know, this child says, I'm going to die. And the mother says, it's okay. Yeah. It takes the power away. Yeah. And when the mother or the therapist or the teacher says, it's okay. Is it okay? Right. And what? Is it okay? Right. Really? Really? You know, something resonates. Yes. Something actually resonates. Yeah. You know? Huge. I remember one of the one of the everyone most. Everyone else starts panicking when you panic. Exactly. No, that's not empathy. That's exactly. not compassion. Me saying, "Oh my God, Lisa, I feel terrible." Oh my God, you've put on three hundred pounds. What? That's not compassion. Yeah. Compassion is holding your hand and saying, "That's okay." Oh yes. Okay. yes. It's okay. Yes. It's okay. And of course, it is okay. Yes. You know. And and I think there is also just one more thing that I that I want to say that just in terms of what, the biggest insight I had mm-hmm. because my whole life I always if you'd said to me Estelle, you don't need to be thin to be okay I would have said yeah Lisa you go tell that to your friends you know they probably they're nerdy they're not like me but for me to be loved I need to be thin and for me to be happy I need to be thin and what happens was I had an incident when I immigrated when my whole world fell apart and my whole thinking was outside in it was Unless I go back to South Africa, I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. My children are gonna die, and I'm gonna die, and I'm gonna get divorced, and I can never be happy. And when I went to this personal development course or this innate health, and I saw that it can't possibly be true because other people have come from South Africa.
0: Yes. And
1: moved here. Yes. And they're fine oh my god it must be my thinking about immigration that is the problem and if that can fall away well maybe my thinking about dieting and being thin is based on fear and not love and that can also fall away because i don't need that because that's all coming from a place of absolute fear and it's got to be coming from another place so that can't be true and when when you see that what you're doing is not working for you, maybe it worked for you 30 years ago, and it isn't true, you will have an insight and it will resonate that maybe you need to look at your experience of of, of life and, and where you're going wrong.
0: Yeah, huge. And this reminds me of by the time this podcast episode is released... The, re- the episode with Jeff will have already been released. And the episode with Jeff, we yes. were saying the same exact thing. And he was in your group, you know, Jeff, the, yes. the taking radical responsibility yes. of your part, of yes. your thoughts, of your feelings, of your health, of your body, of right. your life. When you're taking responsibility, you can actually get somewhere, right? And that's exactly what you were just saying is that you take your power back And from that place, you start to think about, well, what can I do? Where am I showing up in this? You are, at the end of the day, whether you know it or not, and whether you like it or not, you're in a relationship with yourself all the time. So all of this is really just about how, what are you what are you doing in that relationship? What is your role? How are you contributing to where that relationship exists right now? And that's exactly what you're talking about. And I think that's what every person who gets anything out of this work has in common is that you have to get to a place where you're saying, okay, so diet culture is an illusion and a lie rooted in fear. Chasing everything outside of me is never going to work. Like You have to get to a certain point where you're like, all right, You know, I've been going from the outside in and that's not working and opening yourself up to the inside out. But part of that approach is that you really are taking responsibility for it. And instead of, you know, the the mindset of everything out there has to change and even I have to change for things to be different. It is literally it is it is creating a death of that illusion. That's what it is. It's that illusion is dying out that's and so real, that more and more so. you show up to that reality that you don't need external validation. You don't need to look different or be different or the every single time you show up and embody that that isn't actually true. Yeah. That's what some would call like an ego death. That's, that's, you know, it's the framework that we grew up with. It's the conditioning that exists in our wiring And every day we show up and embody the truth that is actually, I have everything I need and I'm abundantly and unconditionally worthy. That illusion dies out. And because it was at a certain point, our control or our perception of control or our safety or survival, it can also feel very scary. But, but I think you and I have in common this kind of like intuitive warrior that just like seeks the truth above everything. And that is, if you, you know, I think anyone that again has that part in common, it's it's just going to pull you toward it. And that's just kind of how it works. <laughs>
1: you know, um, there are two things that I loved in your course. The first yeah. one that you said, if you, you made a comment and I might not get the wording right. You said, if you think this is ever going away, or what's getting easy. <laughs> it never gets easy because being the best person you can be, it's a work in progress, it's not hard, but you've got to always be curious, you've got to always be curious of what's going on in my head now, you know, that's not true, you know, every now and then, yeah, you're going to have a bad day, and you're going to listen to all that negative rubbish, and oh god, I'd love to be rich, and oh, I'd love to go on this holiday, make me happy, wouldn't it make you happy, but then you, you know what happens, when you have this understanding, everything settles down faster. So you have a bad day or you have bad thoughts, but they dissipate quicker. You know, we just can't, I can't believe that the human experience is that we can sit in a depression all day long. That every thought coming our way is a negative, negative thought. Somewhere along the way, thoughts come and just go. And I think there's a dance. There's a dance with yourself. And to me, my whole life was a fight, a fight don't think this, don't do that, don't eat this, you're not allowed to do that, you not allowed and when you just dance to the rhythm of who you are and and to let Estelle be Estelle, oh my god, just yeah. you can just feel yeah. the everything settle down and to breathe and say god life doesn't have to be so freaking hard yeah you know, but you have to be prepared to want to live your truth. Yes, you want to live what feels beautiful and in touch. Because if you're not connected, how are you connecting with with anybody else? You know, but I. It is hard. It is hard to live in fear. Uh, it is hard. It is really hard and scary and shit. And, but I think, as you said, the more you practice that, like the easier it gets. And, and I think the other thing that I loved about your course was you've got to stop being the victim. Mm-hmm. Our parents did the best they could. Mm-hmm. Every society is doing the best they can. Yes. You know? yes. And you can be a victim your whole life. You can be a victim of racism, anti-Semitism, of the Holocaust, of being overweight, or you can take it back. It's your choice. It's it's your choice how you want to look at the glass half full half empty you know and I, that's what i love about you is that it's always your it's up to you yeah the choice the choice is yours you know yeah
0: i hear you so much because i think again in this work that we're doing it is important to have an idea of what childhood was like, what those traumas are like, what those stressors are like. There yeah. is absolutely room for the truth of like society is not equal, and we didn't all have the same privileges, and all of the like all of that is true. All of that is reality. Yeah. And at a certain point, the way that I could say, you know, I was three hundred pounds when I was seventeen years old. All of yeah. that, but at a certain point, it also became. Also, what is a question of what is actually in our control and what is not? And when it comes to some of the powers that be, we don't have control there. But when it comes to our own healing, our own thoughts, our own recovery, our own, again, relationship with self, the question becomes, how can I show up? And for most of us, we there's there's a wake-up call there. You know, that is the wake-up call is that we can show up and showing up in large part exactly like what you're saying throughout the theme of this whole talk is creating the observer in you. This is like lesson one of our curriculum for our course that we did, right? Is creating the observer that is you have a mind and you have a body and you are a human, you're always going to have those things. But for you, the way you talk about coming to understand the human experience and just having that part of you that is able to just kind of look, look down upon the human that is experiencing all of these thoughts, all of these feelings. And that observer, we could say maybe your higher self is the one that you're really kind of collaborating with to navigate through what is true, what is fear, what is what is resonating with me, what is not for me. That And when you're in touch with the observer and that observer is not critical and judgmental, But that observer is curious and compassionate. All things—it's basically you're saying all the things that are the curriculum of the course. But that whole idea is first understanding brain science. This is just the way that we operate. This is everything is everything is as it should be.
1: Understanding of that,
0: for sure. Right. That combined with the ability to actually observe it in real time. As it's happening, so a thought comes up, you observe it. A feeling comes up, you sit with it, and you, Estelle, I think you illustrate so beautifully how this work is really just about. As you said right before we hit record, you're you're just gliding through life, right? The stream of life, as you called it. It's just you're gonna have thoughts. Well, they are not yours, you know. They were con- that's conditioning. It's okay. Let it come up. You can control the second thought. Just watch the first thought. You can feel the feeling it's not going to kill you. Just letting it happen. Letting letting yourself be connected to other humans. But like you said, I think all of this at the end of the day is embodying your truth, thinking your thoughts, feeling your feelings, setting your boundaries, creating a life that really works for you, enjoying your lifestyle.
1: It's embodying your truth. Yeah. yeah. Finding peace. Peace. You know, yes. peace with yourself. You yes, know? And I love that you say living, you are living a relationship first and foremost with yourself. You yeah, know? And, you know, what I also want to say, which is so important, because people think, oh, well, my life's now perfect. Well, it isn't, because in lockdown, I was eating really badly. Mm-hmm. But here's the but. Yeah. I never punished myself for that. Yeah. I put on a few kilos. And you know what, Lisa, if that's the worst thing that happens to me in my life, that's okay. I just glided along with it. I was not, I was having bad feelings and they were sitting there and they were going nowhere. And you know what? For the same thing, I wasn't able to, at that point, I was not able to listen to all the good stuff, follow my notes on the course. And even for that, I had to be grateful and just patient and let it go through what it needed to go through because I knew it was going to end. I never panicked. Okay, I wore clothes a little bit bigger, bought one or two pairs of pants that fitted me more comfortably, but I didn't panic. This wasn't, I was having a bad time. And all the analyzing or, or you know, like sitting with the bad wasn't helping. I still wanted to binge. And I did. But there was a different, I came into it in a different way. Yeah. And it was also okay. Yes. These were hard times. Yes. What I needed. Yes. There was a and it wasn't going to be forever. So, no, I might not be as I am today, forever. I don't know. But I also know that from nowhere, everything just went, came back. So and that's, nice. that's life, yeah? Yeah. We're yeah. going to go up and down, right. you know? That river's going to go all over the show. And, yeah, some days, you like you said, you know, some days you're going to go to gym and other days you're going to be really tired. That's not a crime. That's listening to where you're at, you know? So I think, I think you also need to have an innate, know that there's an innate health within you. Yes. That's You don't have to analyze everything, that maybe your body actually does know what's good or bad for you, not the doctor, not the dietitian, yeah. not the diet, not the therapist. Maybe yeah. you as a person just know what you need. Yeah. And I don't think we give ourselves enough credit
0: Agreed. Well, Estelle, I think the,
1: <laughs> the really amazing thing
0: is that from start to finish of this interview, you just also illustrated that what this work is and how to really do it is that you become the source of everything that you didn't have growing up. Oh. What you're talking about right now is you shared a little bit about what it felt like as a kid with your sister and your brother and school and the girls and the popularity and the thinness and all the stuff that was so true and real when you were a kid. And then you go through life. We cope with food. We think I'll just control it. I'll just lose weight. I'll just eat the right stuff. I'll just get there. You realize you're not going to get there and that there is not outside of you, but that everything you've been looking for is within you. And you are now exactly, exactly that. That is, it's not just easy times when it feels good. You just went through quarantine in COVID and you were struggling. And even in weight going up, even in the overeating, the binge eating, even in all of that, what you're saying is that you were able to be the presence and the love that you needed when you were younger. And that is actually what gets us out of this cycle and out of this habit and out of the the lifestyle of running away from ourselves and using food and eating and weight and dissociation and all of that to just get away. When you can hold the space for your own thoughts and feelings and sit with yourself and say, I know that this is a hard time. I know that you're eating uncontrollably. I know that you've gained weight and I love you so much and I'm with you unconditionally. When Amen. you can hold that space, yeah. yeah, okay, then eventually, you know what, quarantine ends, COVID goes yeah. away, you're not eating your feelings, you're not stuck at home, you're, you're no longer in a hard time because life is ebb and flow, but you have you now, <laughs> and that is what changes literally everything.
1: everything. Totally. So epic. Yeah, yeah. The Thank tools you. are all in your own toolbox. It's, that's <laughs> it. It is literally
0: building the toolbox yeah. and knowing, knowing that you have the power. It's it's literally all within. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God.
1: Thank, Thank you, you for everything, you know. It just I love learning. And I think I've one thing I've done my whole life is I've tried to be the best person I can be. Yeah. You know, and if the diet journey took me on this journey, then that's amazing. Yes. You know? Yes because right struggling you just grow and you yes. grow and you grow and there's no end to what there's also no end to how many insights you can have in your life and 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 you know it's just one one insight one yeah. truth that comes your way and you go hey that resonates for me and then you live it yep you live it because it's truth yep. you don't have to have discipline you just live it because it's the truth yes that's amazing
0: all, you know I know it Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you so
1: much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Just from a place of love and connection. And, yeah, laugh. Life, life is hard. Life is hard. And it's a struggle for a lot of people, you know. And I get it. I've been there. Boy, have I got the bloody T-shirt. And, yeah. But it's yeah. also beautiful. It's also yes. beautiful, you know. Yes.
0: yes. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you on behalf of everyone that's hearing this. I know that this was so helpful for so many people. I hope
1: it is helpful. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: um, I believe that we, I, I'm sure there will be a future of you being on the show again. There's just oh, so much knowledge and wisdom that's coming out you're,
1: of you. You're amazing. You are <laughs> wiser than, how old are you now? 27, 28. I mean, 28
0: years up. old.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing thank you
0: i appreciate it thank you so much for doing this and you'll be back
1: yeah for sure always yay
0: thank you again so much for being here for listening and for being part of the out of the cave community And on that note, I wanted to let you know that I have officially started registration and enrollment for my next group coaching program that will launch in January 2022. So if you're listening to this, if this stuff is resonating with you and you're interested in working with me directly and moving through this curriculum that you're going to hear more about, please feel free to email me or go to the website out of the Cave.health, where you can fill out an application and we can get working together in the new year.